Welcome, ladies and gents, to Game Misconduct. I am Jeff Testanero. I'm Mike Landon. And we, uh, as usual, we're going to talk about some Connecticut hockey news. Um, but first, Mr. Landana, before we get into the ever-depressing 24-year anniversary of the Hartford Whalers' last game in Hartford, Connecticut... Mr. Landana has got some good news. We're going to start on, start on a bright spot tonight. Well, this actually kind of has to do with Connecticut hockey as well because the all-time NHL games played record that was originally held by Gordie Howe, who, other than Detroit, played for the Hartford Whalers and New England Whalers, uh, that record was 1,767 games. Uh, that record was broken a couple nights ago by Patrick Marlowe of the San Jose Sharks. And including last night's game, which was his 900th consecutive game played. Damn. Sits as the king of most games played at 1,769. Holy shit. Yeah. That is all. He was drafted in, um, I want to say it was 1997. Okay. And, you know, had his stints with the Sharks, then the Penguins, then the Maple Leafs, and then back to San Jose. And... He's still going. He is hockey's Iron Man. Actually, ironically, um, tying into Hartford hockey, I drafted him on my creative team for the Hartford Whalers. So there we go. See, it all comes around full circle, man. All full circle. That's that's amazing that he's still going, and he's he's produced everywhere he's been. Oh yeah. I mean, Absolutely. he's not, it's not like you know the team's going to take on the veteran guy to. Maybe he'll, you know, bring some leadership to the locker room while he kind of sits on the bench and, you know, maybe plays fourth line. Um, but he's 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 a producer. He's he's producing still at a, a really decent level, uh, even now after nine hundred games. That's consecutive games. Consecutive games. That's insane. That's hats off to to him, and you know, it, it's good seeing that in sports. Um, it is kind of. You know, it's not sad. It's just kind of you know, watching Gordy get get passed. But it's got to happen, especially with a. It's nice seeing a, a classy, hard nosed, you know, straight laced hockey player uh, like Patrick Marlowe pass that. So good for him. Yeah, definitely. Did he? Uh, he didn't mention anything about retirement, right? I know the shark. He started with the Sharks. Now he's back with the Sharks. Yeah, so it's kind of uh, assumed that it's going to be his last season. He is 41 years old, but he still plays as cons- consistently as he has his entire career. Hmm. You know, he's not like the flashy showman that will, you know, make the greatest passes or always shoot the puck. He's very balanced, and he keeps it that way. And that's that's really what teams need, especially teams like like Pittsburgh, who always had... Well, when he got to Pittsburgh, it was a young, hot shot type team with Crosby and Malcolm, uh, Malkin and Latang. Uh, he had he had stability to that, and then with Toronto, uh, with their young team, they were building there, and it's good to see him go back to where it all started with a fan base that really appreciates and loves him, like San Jose. Yeah, and as much as I'm not a Vegas Golden Knights fan, I have to kind of tip my cap to them. Uh, their presentation to him for starting that game was that was a class act. You know, I gotta say, I'm not a Golden Knights fan, and being 
uh, with my team still uh, anchored on the East Coast here. Um, I don't pay a lot of attention to the Vegas franchise, but what I have seen out of Vegas, they uh, they do they do they run a pretty classy shop there in Sin City. Yeah, you know it's not like they're they ignored it or the fans were booing him. Um, I have noticed that their fans are just appreciative to have sports, um, and it's 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 nice that team when when an away team, especially you know such a, a fierce rivalry like the Sharks and the Golden Knights have developed since Vegas's inception, um, you know, pay homage to the history that is hockey and the greatness that is Patrick Marlowe. Yeah, and I think, honestly, it would just be bad form to kind of, like, shit on them for that, you know? Well, you know, hockey is all about, I mean, it, it's a brutal sport, but they still do the handshake after playoff series, so... Class and, yeah, and, and honor. And actually, that was something they did too. They gave Patrick Marlowe the first star of the of the game, and every single player on Vegas skated by and shook his hand. So I mean, classy move there. That's awesome. To quote one of my new favorite wrestling promotions, Ring of Honor, is saying, "Code of Honor, adhere to." Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, switching gears directly into Hartford hockey. Our first, last, and only, I don't want to say professional team because, you know, the Wolfpack are kind of considered yeah, professional. Major league, major league team. Our only Major League sports team uh, to ever grace the great state of Connecticut. The Hartford Whalers celebrated 24 years. Well, we didn't celebrate it, but it's been 24 years since the Hartford Whalers left uh, Connecticut. Ironically, the same year that Marlowe was... Drafted 1997, uh, the final game hosted on April 13th, 1997 against the now reigning Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightnings. Of course, back then they were still a um, <laughs> fledgling expansion a, team. Yeah, they were a flash-in-the-pan team, and they just seemed to have, like, they were the Cinderella team that year, and they went all the way to the ball and got to take Prince Charming home, too. Yep. <laughs> Um, the Whalers won 2-1, final goal, goal, a breakaway goal, scored by Captain Kevin Deneen. Um, I know because I was in section 105, right towards the middle that night, and I got to watch Deneen steal the puck and break away in my direction and score the final goal in Whalers history. Uh, less than a month later, then-team owner Peter Carmanos who, if you say his name in Connecticut, it's like saying Voldemort's name at Hogwarts. He who yeah. we will not name uh, announced the team would move to North Carolina, thus becoming the two-time Stanley Cup champion Carolina Hurricanes at some point. Um, two-time Stanley Cup champion Hartford Whalers. I believe, I believe, if memory serves me correctly, you and I watched the Canes pick up the cup for the first time at my old apartment. Uh, in which I threw my shoe at the TV. Yep. Right at the TV, because uh, I was upset, because that should have been our cup. I'm sure Quebec fans also say that about Colorado. Oh, yeah. Um, it's It was it was a bitter, bitter night. It's bittersweet. Um, the best part about this whole story is, even though it's been 24 years, we Connecticut hockey fans still clamor and honor our Hartford Whalers every chance we get. 
yeah. I mean, even now, like if I drive past the Hartford Civic Center, I don't care what anybody says. It's the Excel Center. No, it's the Hartford Civic Center. It's the Hartford Center. Civic Center. You are. Yeah, cut it out. I will always, always blast Brass Bonanza as I drive down. Um, anybody listening to this podcast knows for a fact that our opening theme song by the Zambonis is the Brass Bonanza. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> little tie in there too. Dave Zamboni went to a Boston Red Sox game and wore a Hartford Whalers shirt. They yeah. played Brass Bonanza on the organ there. Because Boston didn't want Hartford the the Whalers to leave. Yeah. Boston voted absolutely freaking not because we love having an in New England rival. Yeah. Um, it made sense, it, it, it made the money. It wasn't even it wasn't even a rivalry. It was just more like commiseration buddies because they had um, the Rangers and the Islanders and the Devils to deal with. Yeah. Well, the Bruins used to beat the snot out of the Whalers every time they yeah. came in. I remember watching Cam Neely score six goals in one game in the Civic Center. Most mo- most of the goals were um, assisted by Ray Bork. So there's that. Yeah. Um, of course, Peter Carmanos cited that Crappy attendance, and I'm paraphrasing that. Poor attendance, underwhelming performance in attendance, as he called it. It was the reason for him moving the team, which was absolute garbage because they did very well money-wise. And if you look at the numbers, yeah, they were down from Whaler Mania in the 80s, but they were still there because everybody loved the Hartford Whalers in Connecticut. Um, He then demanded that he wanted... X amount of season tickets sold, and the state couldn't promise that. And then he demanded a brand new building um, that he was not going to pay for. He demanded the state pay for it. And then Governor John Rowland, our last Republican governor, said he would never spend taxpayer taxpayer dollars to fund a new arena for the team. And that was, at least without Carmanos' help, and that was pretty much the end of it. Ironically, another piece of Connecticut history John Rowland did use taxpayer-funded dollars um, to yeah, renovate his home. There, but the last uh, Republican <laughs> governor was Joni Rowe. Oh, that's right. She took over for Rowland. Yeah, and then she covered until 2011. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Joni Rowe. That's how important she was. Um, yeah. Who then, ironically, used taxpayer dollars dollars to upgrade his home. Yeah. Thanks, John. Of course... Mike, as you know, a lot of Whalers fans uh, blame Brendan Shanahan for the downfall of the Hartford Whalers. Um, I do not. I, mean, I, I partially do with some of the things he said and the way he handled himself around Hartford fans. Um, I remember there was one moment where I bumped into him. And, you know, me being a kid at the time, I was just like, oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, get the F out of my way. Blah, blah. Like, he was a jerk. And Clearly, then he becomes like the the head of player safety. And I know, and he was Mister Headshot himself. Um, he was, but also at the same time, it's like, yeah, you know, I if I was a, a quality player and all that stuff, I would be kind of aggravated being sent to Hartford with a team that was kind of destined to just be forever known as the Forever Five Hundreds. You know, yeah. it's it's demoralizing. Yeah, I mean, he did come from that hot Detroit team where he was the young stud with the uh, the Soviet Army line there with Fedorov and the rest of them. Uh, he won how many cups in Detroit? Three? Um, Two or three? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, 
Uh, he won two, yeah, he won three with the Red Wings in 97, 98, 2002. Mm-hmm. But um, with him, let's see, he played, he started in New Jersey from 88 to 91, then the Blues from 91 to 95, one year in Hartford, then 10 years in Detroit, uh, three years with the Rangers, and then he finished up with the Devils. Good for him. Um, I I don't really, yeah, it, it's, it stinks when you were the hot shot in a market, but let's face it, Carmanos, when he bought the team in 95, he, you know, was a Southern businessman who had no intention of keeping the team here. Southern expansion was getting really big with Gary Bettman and the NHL office. Uh, they wanted a team in Carolina, and Carmanos was the person to do it. They wanted, they, Bettman saw Hartford as a market that was too small Despite, I mean, granted, there are more people in New Jersey, but most of them are Rangers fans anyway. Uh, having teams, yeah. having teams in, you know, uh, New Jersey and other smaller markets, um, they just didn't want the team in Connecticut. It was always cited that you know Connecticut is always halfway between New York and Boston, which was great because fans from both, you know, well, three franchises really: the Islanders, yeah. the Rangers, and. Oh, the Devils, yeah, the Devils, the Islanders, the Rangers, and the Bruins, they can drive down to see their team play an away game without having to fly to, like, Columbus or Buffalo. No one wants to go to Buffalo, let's be real. <laughs> Nobody wants to go to Buffalo. Uh, the Whalers were ironically with Hartford for 23 years. Uh, this is the 24th year they've been gone, so they've been gone longer than they were actually a franchise. Here in New England, I find it sad no, that no, the Whalers were founded in 1972. So, given the math, that's 49 years. Well, they did 23 years in Hartford. Oh, for the uh, well, they were in the NHL for 18, and then they were seven in the AHL. WHA. WHA. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So, no, you're, you're about right. It's uh, 25 years there. I'm thinking the entire. Franchise history being that long, my mistake. Well, the the they originally started in Boston as the New England Whalers. Um, yep. The franchise would then move to Hartford in 1974, renamed the Hartford Whalers. Uh, they were in the WHA as the Whalers. They won the 1973 WHA championship when they were playing at the Eastern States Exposition yep. as the New England Whalers. Um, they won the Eastern Division title three times, the WHA, and then the WHA merged, merged with the NHL, and that's how we got the Whalers, stop me if I'm wrong here, the Whalers, the Nordiques, the Scouts, and the Rockies, who became the Devils. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I, I also want to say, like, maybe the Winnipeg Jets were oh, the Jets. too. Yes, the Jets were in the WHA, too. They they came over as part of the merger. The, the Houston Arrows did not make the cut, I guess. No, even though that's like, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Howe family. Yes. Yeah, Gordy and his sons. Um, of course, when they moved over from the NHL, they didn't have that huge success they had in the WHA because, let's face it, um, you know, game style and gameplay was totally on a different level. You know how to contend with the Bruins, the Rangers, the Red Wings. The, the Canadians were real hot back in the 70s. Oh, yeah. And, of Even course, the Maple Leafs and the Blackhawks, the original six. Like, 
Yeah, well... They were around for as long as the NHL's been around, and it's like this. they pretty much set the trend for how, you know, the entire style of play went for about 40, 50 years. And then you had the, the white-hot uh, four in a row with the New York Islanders with Mike Bossy. And then you had the the hot shot Edmonton Oilers with Gretzky and Messier and those that 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 team there and it was just you know it was just a little tough to, to keep up I guess um, they did win one if memory serves me correctly they did win one playoff series 1986 the Adams Division semifinal uh, they swept the number one seeded. Guy Lafleur led Quebec Nordiques, but then they lost to the Canadians the next round. Yeah, in seven so games though. That joined were Edmonton, New England, which became hard for the Nordiques and the Jets. Yep. Oh, nice. Um, but they took the Canadians to seven games. So I mean, good yep. for them. Um, it's just it's tough. Uh, it's even tougher. I, don't, I know for me personally watching the Hurricanes in those horrible retro reverse jerseys that aren't even Hurricane colors. It's just, hey, here's a new Whalers jersey, kind of. Well, so. Yeah. Well, at least the logo's still around, right? It's not the same. Like, if I see it as, like, a Carolina byproduct, I feel angry. But if it's, like, something I see in Connecticut, I'm, like, nostalgia trips, like, no, nobody's business. I st- I'm actually wearing, wearing my Whalers jersey right now. I'm wearing my Whalers hat, so. This is, a, it, it, it's a little snug. I got it in 1996 when I was about 15. I'm a little bigger now, but, you know, I like it. So. Hey, at least it's a real, like, a real, what is it, a CCM? Yes. See, that's, that's how, that was like quality hockey jerseys back then, you know? Mm-hmm. In my day! <laughs> back in my day, things were sewn on and not ironed on. Yeah. So switching gears real quick, kind of. This is our relocation special, apparently. Another piece of Hartford hockey history is possibly going away since the New Jersey Devils have elected to pull out of Binghamton, New York. And as of right now, it looks like the city of Binghamton no longer will have an American Hockey League team. So that's kind of depressing. Binghamton's had a team for what, like 50 years? 50 years. Let me pull it up here. Let's see what we got. Okay, right here. Um, let's see, they started in 1973, they were the Broom Dusters, and then they were the Binghamton Whalers, the Binghamton Rangers, the BC Icemen, the Binghamton Senators, that's how we remember them, the Binghamton Senators, and the Binghamton Devils. So, 50 years possibly going down of a drain. Uh, how do you feel about Binghamton possibly not being joining the ever-growing list of classic AHL cities that possibly will not have an AHL team anymore? Well, I mean, Binghamton's the hub. They've had different teams there, you know, like you just said. There was also, like, the Binghamton Senators moved up to Belleville and all that stuff, and then Albany left and moved in. 
really has to do a lot with the geographical location of teams. We saw Worcester and Manchester. They had uh, the Sharks and the Monarchs, but you know those are San Jose and LA's respective AHL teams, and they were uh, moved over to uh, San Jose and um, Ontario. Ontario, not Canada. Apparently, there's an Ontario in California. Oh yeah, the Ontario Rain. Yeah, the Ontario Rain and the San Jose Barracuda. <laughs> you know, so I mean, when it comes to stuff like that, you know, I can understand because travel costs are expensive. Plus, jet lag takes its toll on anybody. It doesn't matter who you are. So, no. if you have an emergency call up, you know, it's not a big long travel for it. So, okay. I can understand that, but not to have a hockey team in, like, these historic cities, it's terrible. Yeah. Like, Albany doesn't have a hockey team, if I'm not mistaken. Albany does not have a hockey team. That is pathetic. Neither does, yeah. um, who else? Manchester, um, Port Portland? Rochester. Do the Americans aren't there? Are the Americans still around? Yeah, I think okay. they are. Whew. I think I would dodge that bullet. Uh, Portland doesn't have an AHL team. Uh, Portland, Manchester... Let's see if I can go down the list of AHL cities I remember. Portland, Worcester. Manchester, Worcester, Lowell, uh, Albany. Uh, 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 that's about it, I think. Norfolk. Norfolk doesn't have a team anymore? No. Oh, my God. The Admirals are gone. Okay, so Norfolk. Well, I mean, a lot of these places, they do have teams... But unfortunately, they're not AHL. They're more like ECHL. I know Manchester's ECHL team failed. Yeah. Because <clears throat> who wants to downgrade, right? Well, apparently some Hartford fans want to. Looking at you, Wolfpack. Yeah. So. Um, well, and I, I understand them want the NHL wanting the AHL affiliates to be closer. Uh, like you said, travel costs. Um, jet lag and all that, the effect. They, they can have a player straight from Ontario, California to L.A. in less than a day, and they're, these players are ready to go. You know, if yeah. you fly from, I'm guessing you would fly out of Logan and Boston if you're coming from Manchester all the way to L.A., the guy's not going to be ready to go. So I get that. And I get that there's only so many teams in this local area to go around. Actually, the one, two... Three, four, five, I can count, including Montreal, who is in Hamilton, right? Yes. Are they are they are they the Laval Rockets? Yeah. They're the Rockets. Or is that well, Toronto? Laval Rocket. Or Rocket de Laval. Sure. Um Well that that's because they're in Quebec. Quebec. That's another city that needs an NHL team. Anyway, I digress. They never should have lost a team. No. Well, at least they lost their team to a to Colorado, who produces ice naturally in the atmosphere, unlike Carolina. Anyway. Yeah. Uh. So that's that's the main that that's you know the old AHL is pretty much becoming a dying breed. Um, Bridgeport still has their team. Hartford still has their team. Boston has their team in Providence. Yep. And that's really all she wrote. I mean, if you think about it, too, Peter Carmanos killed two uh, hockey cities when he moved the, the Lock Monsters out of um, out of Lake Lowell. Erie. 
And then he moved into oh, like no. the Lock Monsters, the Low Lock Monsters. Wow, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. And then I believe they went to Albany, and then he pulled them out of Albany and moved them to Charlotte. Um, no, well, the, they were uh, the Lock Monsters, and they changed affiliates. Well, actually, the Low Lock Monsters were the uh, Islanders affiliate in '98. Uh, okay. And then they were caught up by the Devils in 2006, and then they moved to Albany. And then, you know, all that stuff. But oh. from 98 to 2001, they were the Islanders affiliate team. And then 2001, well, we know where that went. Yeah, we know where that went. They so. so there's that. Um, ironically, let's see, where is it? The, Utica, U, the city of Utica, who has the Comets, who is the AHL affiliate of the Vancouver Canucks, um, let's see, the Observer Dispatch of Utica reported that Utica Comets President Robert Esch registered Utica, Utica Devils as a trademark with the U.S. government's trademark and patent office on April 5th. Now, I'm looking at an article here from PressConnects.com uh, that was written on the 19th, which is when the Devils announced that they would be pulling out of Binghamton at the end of the season thus negating their contract, one more season contract with the city next year. So that's ironic, too, that all of a sudden another New York City, another city in New York, has the, has the trademark to the devil's name before the team told the current city they were leaving. Yeah, but um, the Utica Devils, that, they were a team from, like, 87 to 93. Okay. But... Uh, they started out as the Maine Mariners and the Utica Devils, the St. John's uh, St. John Flames, then the uh, Omaha Axarben, which was just Nebraska back backwards, the Knights, uh, then they became the Quad City Flames, the Abbots, Abbotsford Heat, Abbots, or Adirondack Flames, and right now they're the Stockton Heat. So someone's taking some money for that. <laughs> That's a lot of bouncing. Yeah. Um, so... You know, no no clear sight for the city of Binghamton, New York, about their AHL team, but they're going to lose them. And, you know, that was the Whalers, one of the Whalers' old AHL spots. Uh, I believe they moved the uh, Binghamton Whalers to Springfield, Mass., and they became the Indians. Yep. And then that's where, the, were, that's where well, it kind of um, died, right? The Indians were... Originally, the Islanders affiliate, and then they were the Hartford Whalers affiliate. Okay. And then the typical mishmash of whose affiliate team is it anyway happened, so. <laughs> well, the AHL was good for that for a while. Remember, what was it? Hamilton, the Hamilton Bulldogs were both Montreal and Toronto. Um, I... No, because Toronto had the Roadrunners and then the Marlies. Or no, the Roadrunners were uh, Phoenix, I think. Phoenix. But they, they were the Marlies. The Marlies. Yeah. The Toronto Marlies. What is a Marley? Um, I'll let you know. Okay, you do that. See, they've been around since 1978, so they've always been with the Maple Leafs. All right, let's see. What is a Marley? 
All right. Uh, in the early 1900s, an athletic club was formed in downtown Toronto called the Toronto Marlboro Athletic Club. Neat. The club was named after the Duke of Mar- Marlboro, Winston Churchill's uncle, and the club got permission to use the name and family crest in 1903. So, it's kind of a shortened version on that name. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, here's your little tidbit of Toronto hockey history today, kids. There will not be a quiz on this. Don't worry. Yeah, no reason to study. So I think that about wraps it up. Um, so we'll be back soon with more hockey stuff. I'm Jeff Testanero. I'm Mike Landana. You stay classy, Internet. Internet.